Hey. Welcome to Apartment 309 Podcast, the one-sided storytelling podcast where I dive into true crime or the paranormal and tell it to my captive audience boyfriend while he reacts occasionally. So basically, just recording part of our normal day. I'm Lauren. Hey, I'm Eric. And we live in In Apartment apartment 309. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes, and we always love to see a rate and review. And what are we today? We're here for it. (laughs) Yeah, we're ready. I'm probably more ready than you are. (laughs) (laughs) It's exciting. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. I don't know how to jump into this. Well, what are you going to be talking about today? Well, usually I just talk at you about something that's happening around us and struck up a chord about some story I knew, but since I have one pulled up in front of me... Oh, what? That's lucky. What? I know. It's right here in writing. Excellent. Yeah. We'll get started. Today. Yeah, I'm getting started. I'll try to I'll try to say something interesting about it. <laughs> so, you know how I've been walking around the house and getting spooked out, and I keep telling you I keep getting spooked out? Yes, and, it's uh, hilarious. Yeah, so we have a skeleton in our house who occasionally wears a wig or hats or helps model for us. That's Carl. His name is Carl, and he is now currently posed behind a reading chair, backlit by a streetlight. This story, I got up for a snack late last night and had to leave all the lights on when I went to bed. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a really nice red wig on, and it really makes him extra creepy. It's almost like Ring Girl, but I don't know how else to describe it. A little bit Ronald McDonald, a little bit uh, Poison Ivy, I guess. Yeah, like 1980s Ronald McDonald. (laughs) But dead. Like, what (laughs) happens to you if you eat their food? Oh. Right, that's why my skin is sealed with moisture. (laughs) The pores. Well, anyway, so the story that I researched, the Catskills crone. You'll get why Carl, hidden in the dark corner of our living room, spooked me so bad. Yeah, I'm interested to hear this because you said it freaked you out so much. It must be pretty compelling. Yeah. What's the name again? Catskills? Catskills crone. Okay. And I'll tell you what the Catskills are here in a minute. As far as where the story originated from, actually from Reddit, circa 2016. Ooh, creepypasta style? Almost. It was actually posted on the Paranormal subreddit in January of 2016. It was posted by a throwaway account, username wiggedhikerthrowaway. Classic. Reddit, for those of you that don't know, is a social networking I guess, a news networking, social networking, conglomeration of anything and everything. It's curated by site members and promoted by voting. They categorize into sections called subreddits to break it down, as it is the first and last page of the internet. It is. So Wigged Hiker starts off by explaining that he and a friend had gone hiking in the Catskill Mountains, which are in New York. They're halfway between New York City and Albany, give or take. He doesn't ever really give the exact location, just kind of describes it as part of the Sundown Forest area near some caves. He says that he and his friend went way off the trail. They went into a cave and found what he called a really creepy statue. 
he attached some pictures of it and you should actually look those up if you want oh yeah the the well what do i what is the catskills statue catskills crone crone catskills crone oh okay oh what yeah exactly he attached some photos to his original post from when they found it he attached some photos inside the cave and then also of them holding it when they brought it home and then you can find a lot of pictures that were taken a little bit later which we'll get into here in a second so just to give a little description of what it looks like hand carved wooden statue uh, appears to be female there's a noose around its neck and nails in its eyes so the statue is much older. Nails also look quite a bit older. They're rusty. They're worn down. They're still intact, though. They're identifiable. There's six, three in each eye. There's a noose, which has six loops in the knot. The noose itself is clearly much newer, more modern looking, suspected to be about a year old, as opposed to the statue itself, which unknown. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of confused by this. Yeah, right. It's It looks posed almost. So creepy. But posed. Yeah, so he, this is the one, like there is just one and he found it? Yeah, and they found it on a, I think a bed of twigs and leaves. It almost looked like there was some sticks set up at the bottom of it. Wasn't really anything else near it. Possibly a small fire had been started around it, although it itself was not burnt. Odd. Yeah, it's like a creepy voodoo doll. (laughs) OP says that the statue really wigged him out, wigged out Hiker. His buddy decided to take the statue home with him, though. So he was freaked out. He's like, don't do it. His buddy's like, nah, I'm going to take it. Let's take it home. The area is known to the locals as it's, it's rumored to be a spot where cults go to worship. There's definitely rumors about sacrifices involving animals. It goes back a couple generations. So this kid's parents told him, their parents told them kind of thing. Now... I'm going to read a little quote from his original post. A couple days later, my friend calls me and tells me that he thinks the statue is haunted because it keeps moving from its spot and he keeps smelling weird stuff. Says he can't sleep at night because banging keeps waking him up. Now, last night, someone knocked on his door, but no one was there when he opened it and he's super weirded out. He thinks he has a ghost because of the statue. So while the original post was up, it started making the rounds on Reddit, a lot of people crying fake, a lot of other people wanting to offer help, some people wanted more detail. They felt that, you know, throwaway account, not a lot of detail involved, kind of dodging the questions, dodging the point, no responses. It really smelled like a a fake account, fake post. Well, the owner and curator of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult, Greg Newkirk, was told about the post. He was actually on set filming some show about Finding Bigfoot. I think it was actually called Finding Bigfoot. And one of the guys on set was dinking off on his break, scrolling through Reddit, found the post, and then called Kirk or Greg over and told him about it. So OP never revealed his name, but because Greg was informed about the post, he then started emailing him. Turns out this kid's name is Danny. We still don't know his friend's name. There's a couple of communications, a couple of emails back and forth between the two. And Greg actually posted this later on a website for the weird and paranormal to help get word out about the statue as well as his traveling museum of the paranormal and occult. 
he ended up posting some of the conversations between him and Danny. Danny ended up mailing the statue over to the museum at the end of all of this. This takes place over a couple of weeks. So Danny had originally posted to Reddit asking for someone to help identify what the statue was and then ended up asking for help on how to handle it. Some of the people felt that the statue was an attempt to harness the power of a demon, potentially trapping it inside using the nails and the noose on separate occasions as attempts to master the demon for potential self-gain, so to utilize the power of the demon. Others felt that he was making the whole thing up in an attempt to get karma, which is clout, essentially, on Reddit. A few days after the original post was made, he put in the updates. He said that his friend, who had the crone statue at his home, started reporting that the statue seemed to be moving itself to different spots around his home. He also reported a very strong smell of pond water. His trained dog had been acting fearful, wetting itself around the house, refusing to go near the statue. So towards the end of the saga posted by Danny, his friend was awoken around 3 a.m. to knocking on his front door. He went to go answer it and no one was there. He just got the very strong and very uncomfortable feeling that he absolutely should not have opened his door. He was looking around, his motion sensor light above the garage was not going off, there's no cars in the area, nobody, he didn't hear anything, like anybody was leaving, maybe, you know, a creepy doorbell ditch attempt. So OP, who originally posted as more of a skeptic, took his friend's personal history and their relationship to know that even if this was a prank, it, we are well past that point. This is several days later. And his friend had this incredibly emotional response, actually started crying. Danny's update at the end of this says, anyway, he stayed up all night, then decided to go to the movies to take his mind off of it. When he got home, he said it felt like everything was fine and he decided to finally go to bed. This is where it gets super effed up. And I edited this, by the way. <laughs> there's there's a lot of F-bombs in this, and I felt like it was unnecessary amount. It was I think this calls for F-bombs, because this thing is weird. Like, why would you bring this into your home? Just looking at this, I'm like, this needs to stay right where it's at. And it's that's what was, Danny was saying, you know, especially with them both being locals, knowing the area, knowing the rumors in the area about cults and sacrifices. Why would you pick this up? Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. That's just inviting stuff. I mean, I'm generally a skeptic, but I still look at this stuff and I'm like, Ugh. you know, I don't want to invite something weird. <laughs> yeah, agreed. What would you do if I brought one home? Um, I, I mean, that's the thing that's so vague. It's like bring what home, you know, just like a creepy voodoo doll that you found in a cave. Generally, I really wouldn't think much of it, but just looking at this thing, I mean, it's got nails sticking out of its eyes and it's got a noose. Generally, nooses are bad news. Nails in the eyes are also generally bad news. I'm not sure which one I'm more concerned about. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Nails in your eyelids. Yeah, not good. <laughs> well, I can't promise I won't bring one home. I so can promise you won't bring him home. What he doesn't know. <laughs> this is where it gets super effed up. He says that when he woke up, which wasn't until like 10, it was because his dog was barking like crazy. He said the pond water smell was stronger than ever. And when he went out into his hallway, 
he saw all these muddy footprints everywhere. Not like shoe prints, but barefoot. All of his doors and windows were locked. After someone knocked on his door, he freaked out, made sure everything was locked up. So there's no effing way anyone could have gotten inside. Sitting in in the living room was the effing statue, which had moved again. And he says that he started to go near it. He heard someone breathing like his grandpa with a tracheotomy. He pieced the F out, and now he and his dog are sleeping in my guest room tonight. That's scary. It's scary and also infuriating. Could you imagine having dirty pond water footprints all over your carpet? Yeah, that's... (laughs) If you weren't scared, you'd be like, what the hell? I just cleaned. Just awful. I am super (laughs) sensitive to smells. I don't even like... Even if dinner was really good, I want to air it out. I don't want it to smell like that dinner. I keep the bedroom door closed because I don't want it to smell like dinner. Yeah, that's and that's funny because I'm like the opposite. Like, I'd just be like, oh... Like, even if I... I wouldn't even notice the smell. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, oh, there's that statue again, like, hovering over me while I sleep. (laughs) I'd be like, I'd be oblivious to all the horrible paranormal things happening around me. I don't even think you'd notice it was moving. I mean, like it would have to when I lived by myself, you you know, but I mean, if like, if I don't know, I just, even when you lived by yourself, I, that wouldn't even notice if it was moving around. Probably not. No, it'd be weeks. Yeah. I would be just like moving it out of the way to get cereal and stuff like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like it would always just be in the way. I'd be like, oh, there's this thing again. <laughs> I thought I put this away. Right? I thought I mopped the floors in here. <laughs> She'd have to, like, dump dirty pond water on you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did I get pond water on me? Oh. <laughs> you just assume you did it earlier. Right? It's so strange. <laughs> just missed it. I guess I wrote here another update, but I'm pretty sure he only did one update. It finished off simply with, it got worse. So we sent it to the guy in the comments, which he was referring to Greg Newkirk from the museum. And he signed off with a thanks to everyone who actually tried to help and didn't just call us a couple effing idiots. And so this is where Greg's story comes in, because like I said, Greg actually wrote a whole article on it and he really went into detail. He broke down what I just did in a much more eloquent manner. (laughs) But the museum itself, uh, just to give you a little backstory on Greg and his partner, Dana, his wife, actually, they collect strange and paranormal items and they either try to debunk them or they offer to safekeep them. They'll either pay for them or sometimes people just give them like the statue. Most of their collection is actually displayed around their home when they're not out traveling the paranormal circuit. And they're actually really well known in the community because they have more of an interactive display as opposed to those that keep things behind glass or like the Warrens where they keep it in their their basement or a special room in their house. They present it and allow people to interact with it. And we'll get into their dark mirror. Just passing the curses around. Basically. And so they get a lot of backlash. They get a lot of mixed reviews on that. I'm not sure if that's their point or what they're trying to do with that. But yes, so this is actually part of their do not touch. Okay. (laughs) So. Yeah. 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 Um, so they're on on set helping with the show, the the Finding Bigfoot show. The crew member shows the post and that's when the emails start. So although Danny never went into further detail, he just said it got worse. We actually get to see a little bit behind the scenes with the emails back and forth with them. After the overnight at Danny's place, 
They end up going back to the friend's house to get the statue. They wanted to get it out of there. Danny walks in. He sees the footprints. He described the smell more like a wet dog. Okay. The actual dog wouldn't even go inside the house at that point. They go to search for this statue where he had left it in his living room. First room, you walk in the door, it should have been there. They can't find it. They're walking around and they actually see it in the hallway. There's this huge crack in the drywall as if the statue had been thrown and just smashed the drywall. And it's on the floor underneath this crack. They begin explaining to the statue, which was under the direction of Greg, who told them to actually try to talk to the statue and tell it what's happening. Oh, no. You know, he just wanted them, and and I don't know all the details, but it sounded like he more so wanted them to explain to the statue, hey, we're going to be moving you. They go in and they start apologizing to it that they're going to take it back to its rightful location, back up in the cave where they found it. And both of them start communicating to each other that they're getting this really strong sense, just that intuitive sense, that they should not return it back to the cave. Hmm. That's when Danny was like, hey, Greg, sending it your way. (laughs) Have at it, brother. Weird. Take it back to the cave, dude. Well, okay, but they both got that gut feeling. And Danny's standing over here being a non-believer shun the non-believer he's not into this but he's seeing his friend's reaction and he's seeing the things around the house and so he's kind of i think falling a little bit more into the probably didn't want to go back to the cave anyway right other people's reactions are going to really determine how you feel about that kind of stuff anyway too i mean like like i said like i wouldn't even think twice about it but then as soon as you'd be over and you'd be like oh is that like thing like stinking up and walking all over the place then i would notice i don't know take it back to the cave that's my call i walk in i'm like eric what the hell happened and you're just like what (laughs) oh that stupid demon again i thought it cleaned up (laughs) i'm just kidding your apartment was always relatively clean that's right yeah i still love you yeah because i'm clean Anyway, here is an excerpt from the email sent from Danny to Greg that was not posted on the public forum. Okay. So he says, when we were standing in the hallway talking to this thing, his dog started barking like crazy outside. And when we went to see what was going on, we both thought we saw a woman standing in the dark corner of his living room. She was totally naked, really old, and dripping water, and her eyes sort of glowed in the dark. She was hunched over near his shelves. We both freaked the F out and ran outside. This was in the middle of the day. Whoever it was wasn't there when we went back in. We grabbed the statue and apologized again, wrapped it in a pillowcase, and put it in a box. And that's how they (laughs) ended up sending it over to Greg and Dana. Sorry, snuff it. (laughs) I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. Creepy. Put some extra tape on there. Right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Do they? Do you think they paid extra to like overnight it, expedite it? Ooh, what do you think happened to the guys that were delivering it? I don't. I don't know. That's weird. Like, did the box move? Bouncing around in the back like there. Wet footprints in the truck. Oh, what if you got your mail delivered and it was just sticky pond water? Well, I'd complain. I wouldn't assume that it was like some curse. <laughs> just, <laughs> just assume like, your your letter got cursed. Yeah. You're like that was my paycheck. That's the thing is that like a lot of these things is like like is that is that the amount of the cur- the extent of the curse? Is there a curse? Is that what they're like surmising from it? Well, I think the general 
agreement upon people who didn't think it was a silly nonsense and wrote it off felt that something had been trapped inside the statue that was able to interact with its surroundings. So question, immediate surroundings or does that extend? Right. But then how does that explain barefoot prints of pond water? I don't know. I'm just curious to hear more about what's going on. So what what happened next? (laughs) You're like, hurry up. I'm tired. No, no. So now Greg and Dana have the statue in their own home. They have some cats that they have at their home. They're their pets. Again, they store all of these things around their apartment. I would love to see because there's a lot of talk about how animals interact with the paranormal. Sure. What kind of beefed up cats do they have? Like if I was a cat, I wouldn't be able to handle that. I'd hate that. There are some days I wish I was a cat because I just want to stay at home and eat snacks and sleep. But if somebody like that adopted me, I would immediately take that back and I would be that cat that ran away and just lived on the street. Because of the statue? Because of the stuff. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Cats get into stuff. Like, right, what if but they what knock the statue do over? The statue? I don't know. Not necessarily just the statue. I'm just talking about the cats in their home. <laughs> this has turned to like a. And analyzing different breeds of cats and their reactions to rooms full cat, of stuff. I would be a tabby. Okay. Right. So. <laughs> they're that cat. Garfield with the, <laughs> the with lasagna. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to it. Their cats were reactionary to it. The statue in particular. They said that the other items in their home seem to respond to the new presence as well. Greg talks about how some of these items will interact with each other and some get along, some don't, some they have to keep separated, some they can put together. So with unexplained bangs and noises, at one point they're sitting watching TV and they hear a kapow in the back and he gets up and looks over and he finds a statue of Jesus, which had been torn apart. So the arm had been torn off. I I mean, it was barely hung up by a nail, enough that it was stationary. And the cross with the little jesus statue is still on the wall hanging delicately on this nail not moving but the arm had been like broken off of it and this arm is tossed across the room what yeah there were wet footprints that showed up in their home also there's a picture of dana sitting on their couch pointing at one of the wet footprints on the back of their couch which shockingly looks like our couch so again carl in our living room, snacks last night, terror. Yeah, but we got him lights. at Home Depot. He's not cursed. Carl, that makes it seem like we adopted him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, he would have been put Screw down. Screw you, if Carl. You're just a Home Depot. <laughs> Carl. Okay. Uh, where was I with this? So they set up a motion sensor camera. So they have a lot of cameras actually in their home on items and you can go online and you can watch live feeds. So they have 24 hour live feeds. One point, this motion sensor camera, they said, caught the statue moving on its own. Go look that up. Take from it what you will. Appears to move very slightly and then move back. I'm not quite sure, but I also have terrible eyesight. The couple Oh, they have a video of it? Yeah, so if you go to the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult, I think is what it was called, Mm -hmm. you can go on there. Some of it is paid. Obviously, they have to make a living somehow, especially if they're going to, you know, absorb other people's terrors into their home and show them off, like, off-season 
Anyway, I think you're okay. looking that up. So moving on, they started one of their live feeds of the statue, which allowed strangers all over the world to tune in whenever they felt like it to watch the statue. And a lot of people wrote in saying they had started to experience weird things in their own homes. Some of them started to smell algae. Some of them associated it with the wet dog smell as well, the pond water smell. They pulled in renowned psychic Chip Coffee. He came, had a look at it, uh, and then he felt like he had actually identified the Babylonian spirit called Marduk. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Marduk. I did not ask Google. So this Babylonian spirit, Marduk, also known as Bel, is a Mesopotamian deity with 50 names who is thought to be a god of water and is considered both good and evil. A lot of things back then were. They, they were about the dark and light balance. Greg likes to point out, yes, it's associated with water. I'm sure uh, Chip Coffee also was like, oh, it's associated with water, but it's very loose. I, I mean, I'm sure I could have researched a lot more into that, but take from that what you will. As for the statue itself, the Catskills crone, uh, she is going to continue to reside at the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. She has since been locked in a box as she lost her privileges. She had a talk with Greg, and when he told her she either needed to rein it in and start behaving, getting along with the other paranormal items in their home, the cats, his wife, she threw a tantrum, essentially, a lot more banging, crashing of items and whatnot. He actually put her in a box. And then this is one of the very few artifacts that they do still take out on traveling adventures with them, but it's a look but don't touch item. They they hold by that. Yeah, please do not touch the creepy nail doll with the noose. Yeah, and so a lot of people, just to kind of kind of end this, I guess, Danny never responded Again, um, he's not responding to emails from Greg or Dana. He hasn't posted anything. The account's been inactive since it was posted, I think seven or eight years now. Nobody's been able to locate them. And Greg and Dana feel like they may have narrowed down out of these 700,000 acres of land, maybe a 500 acre area that this might have come from. Sure. But so far, nobody's been able to identify the cave. So what, is, what are the stories about what of the area? What's the lore here? I didn't dig too deep into the lore, but that area of the Catskills is known to the locals. And it's just generational stories told to kids that there are animal sacrifices that are done up in those caves. I don't know how cavey the area is, so I don't know if it's just a handful or it's several dozen, but those caves are known for having bad juju due to human presence and religious practice. Yeah, I think that would probably open a lot of uh, uh a lot more to the mystery. I mean, depending on like, you know, if it was if it was found in that area, then I I would assume that the history of that area would probably explain a lot of what was going on with it. Right. And I think it would have been cool or it would be cool if they actually dated the wood, date the nails, date the rope, see what kind of time there is between all of them. Because I guess 
the use of the nails and the use of the noose and potentially could explain somebody attempting to utilize it or harness the power in a negative way. Right. Well, especially considering if it had a noose that was fairly new, it sounds like somebody would have been like, hey, dude, where'd my statue go? Like somebody came back looking for it. Yeah. Like they put it up there to enact a curse and then came back looking for it. And they're like, Bleh. oh, those guys are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever Get the hound dogs out. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's what I have. That's what I have for you today. Thank you for sitting and listening to me in front of a microphone this time. Yeah. Well, that's a creepy one. We're going to have to move Carl tonight. I'll, I'll move him when you're not paying it. Well, now that I told you, I guess now you're going to know. But <laughs> it works anyway, whether I tell you I'm going to do it or not, because he's just in different places and it scares you. All right. Did you have any way that you wanted to end this? Um, I had a good time. I'm looking forward to more. Were you even listening? Yeah, of course I was listening. I was talking <laughs> to you the whole time. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, There we go. There we go. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight in Apartment 309. Please send us your story, whether it's about your experience with the paranormal, true crime, alien encounters, or anything of the like. Our email is apartment309podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at apartment309podcast. And we hope you join myself, Lauren. And me, Eric. Next time. In apartment apartment 309. And he's here for it. And I'm here for it. We'll mix that up. And we'll probably add on to this. Yeah. Maybe. Make it a regular thing. We will. I feed you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.